Hello. What's up, dude? Going on, brother? This is my good friend Byron. Byron Praetor. Yes, sir. Is that how you say your name? Byron Praetor. It's actually Praetor Cunningham. Ah, yeah. you got a hyphen in there. Yeah, Byron Luke Praetor Cunningham. That's why I just go by Byron Luke. It's a lot easier. Ah, well, it's good to have you, bro. Good to um, be here, mate. Thanks for coming on. Um, we are in acting school together at the, the Actors Workout Studio. That we are. It's been a... Uh, been a pleasure working with you getting to know you mm -hmm. and uh wanted to have you on because uh well you are an ex-marine mm -hmm. and in your service you uh you lived in many different places like i did many, yeah. would you say how many continents did you live in well um yeah. probably three different continents four if you include america which i don't know if you should but um yeah so yeah like first bro yeah 100 percent. yeah so 400 so 400 uh four Four different continents, I guess. So like Eurasia, so by Georgia, right underneath Russia, and then Africa, Sudan, and Europe in mm. Hungary. And this was for the U.S. military. It was, yeah. So you're from South Africa, and you ended up in the, I did, in the yeah. U.S. military. How, how how did that happen? All right. Well, um, so when I was about thirteen, my family actually won green cards in the lottery. Oh. Yeah, we won green cards in the green card lottery. Um. So how that works is is that your family, all your family, like your the mother and father, and then mm -hmm. the sons or daughters, uh, get green cards if they're eighteen or under. And yeah. I had two brothers that were actually over eighteen, so two of them didn't get green cards, but my other brother did. I'm the youngest of four, so Damn. yeah. So me and uh, my brother, we we ended up in America. My other two brothers are in South Africa right now. They're doing good though. So yeah, I bet that was hard though. Yeah, it was like, kind of awkward almost. Yeah. Yeah. When's the last time you saw him? How often you able to see him? Um. Well, I saw my brother Chase, who's in America. I saw him before, because once I got out of the Marine Corps, I took like mm -hmm. a, a little world world tour, I guess, like a little vacation. Um. So I saw him before I left with my family. So that was a January, I'd say, January February, and then the other two I saw during one of their weddings, Brad's wedding. I went back. And we all were together. And that's actually the first time all the brothers were together since I was 17. Damn. So it's, it, was, it was nice. It was a good time. Yeah, man. As a guy with brothers, I, I'm, well, you know, from working with me in class. Yeah. Siblings are the, are the way to, the gateway to my, uh, my emotions. For and, sure, uh, bro. For sure. Yeah, I miss, I miss my brothers. Shout out to Connor and Alex. Miss you guys. See you guys next yeah. week. Um, but yeah, so why, why, why the Marine Corps? What, uh, what led you to that? Well, um, originally I came over to America um, in 2013. I started working on super yachts in Florida. I was on super yachts. Yeah, super yacht. so it's like celebrity yachts, cleaning mm -hmm. them, and um, I was on the Vajoli Roja, which was Johnny Depp's boat at the time. He wasn't there though. I was just like a, I was just like cleaning. So I wasn't. I was like a. Uh, you, were on, a you were on Captain Jack Sparrow's yeah, boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While he was shooting too. Shit. Um, but then I did. I was just a day day worker though, so I was just cleaning for about a week. And then when I was driving, because I used to cycle there, it was about four miles. I used to cycle to the docks and find look for work. Mm -hmm. And then I got, I got pulled over by some guy on a Vespa, and he said, um, I think his name was Michael Blake or something. But he pulled me over, and I was like, I thought I was in trouble because I was like cycling with my shirt off. And then he pulled me over and he said, Listen, I like your look. Do you want to do a photo shoot? And then we can end up in New York together, and we can see what we can do. So we did a photo shoot on the beach, and then I was going to New Jersey anyway to see a friend. 
Is it, did you ask any questions? Like, I did, oh, of course. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to see his way. No, yeah, I ended up at his house. Like and yeah, look, yeah exactly. It was weird because it was nude. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I checked him out, made sure his, he was legit. And then we did a photo shoot together on the beach. And then he said he's going to New York and he, I was going to New Jersey. So I said, I'll meet you there. And then I moved to New Jersey, sleep on my friends at my friend's house, and then I never heard from him again. What did uh, you move to Jersey for? Um, a couple of reasons, mainly for that, I guess, mainly like to see if I could make it, because the whole reason was to be an actor. Mm-hmm. The Marine Corps was always in the back of my mind because my parents were all ex-military, and my one of my brothers is Navy in South Africa, so it was always in the back of my mind. Um, and then yeah, that didn't play out, and then I was earning seven bucks an hour working for Abercrombie and Fitch um, in, in Jersey. And then mm, I can smell it now. Yeah. 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 And hear it too, the same song. <laughs> um, and then I just, I, I, I ran out of money. Um, I was always thinking about joining the Marine Corps. Um, mm. I felt like I almost had to pay my dues, I guess, being new in a country. And I wanted to pay my dues, I guess, for, for like that kind of reason. And you get free college and it looks after you. So, that's how I ended up in the Marine Corps. Damn, bro. Yeah. That's very noble, noble mindset. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of, the, one of the good ones. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a tough decision and my parents didn't really mm-hmm. want. My mom wanted Air Force, but I kind of just looked at it as like, what's the hardest branch I could join? And then mm-hmm. I ended up joining the Marine Corps. Well, like a lot like Adam Driver. Almost, yeah, but he got, he got out of the Marine Corps within like a year or two, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't, yeah, he didn't do... I don't want to say he didn't do much. He still was a Marine, but I mean, yeah. like he left, he left pretty early. He got hurt. Um, yeah. And then he went to Juilliard actually. Hmm. Yeah. How many years in the Marines? I did six. Um, I ended up with six. I had a four year contract, um, but I added on six. I had, oh Jesus. I added on two. Um, so I could do um, Marine security guard duty overseas. Huh. Yeah. Cause I was a, uh, I ended up in California, the Mojave Desert, uh, basically 29 Palms. Um, I was out there and I was driving three hours to Los Angeles for for acting in 2015. I was going to auditions and I couldn't afford like hotels and stuff because I was a, still a young guy, I was 21. Um, Marine Corps didn't pay that that much for, for someone who wanted to travel like I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of my mates in the Marine Corps came up with me. We slept in my car on the weekends, did auditions, took our bo- uh, boards out, we skated down uh venice boulevard down down the strips i guess Mm -hmm. Uh, on our spare time they took my car when uh was auditioning so i didn't have to pay for parking and we did that for about six seven months and then i realized i was broke again and i wouldn't if i left the marine corps when i was supposed to which was going to be in a year Mm -hmm. if i left when i was supposed to um i would have nothing i would have debt on a car and i wouldn't be able to pay rent so and then i got I got this opportunity to go overseas and do be a marine security guard for the embassies, which paid more, and it gave me time to travel and it gave me time to save up and actually organize my life before I attacked the acting dream again. Damn, dude, that's smart. Yeah. Um, what was your What was your first uh, assignment? So originally, uh, so we went, we got through the training. We started off with about two hundred, and we ended up with like ninety, I think. And then is that initially when you first joined the marine? No, no, no. That was for the training for marine security guard. Oh. Um. Off because it's always psychological and also physical um, aspects. And then my first post was Tbilisi, Georgia. That was the first uh, post I went to. 
um, right underneath Russia. Beautiful, beautiful country. Mm-hmm. Um, this was before Georgia was invaded by Russia or after? After, yeah. After. Um, I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't remember too well on the logistics behind the countries. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I lived there for about a year, made some good friends, uh, learned a little bit of Georgian, mainly when I was going out to like, meet girls to be honest with you like yeah yeah that conversation starters um what's your name hello um what's your favorite george uh jordanian i'm a georgian phrase well i use this uh, i think it's tikfeni sacheli it's uh means what is your name i use that the most at, Ooh, at like bars and then yeah exactly and then after then they got to know me and then i ended up by myself um <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so i spent time there i traveled when i was in georgia um because you get leave in the Marine Corps, you get like uh, 30 days a year. Mm-hmm. You use it how you want. So when I was in Georgia, I traveled a lot by myself too. Most guys, when they have leave, they go home to America. Mm-hmm. I just told my parents, I said, listen, I'll see you in three years. Well, I ended up seeing them before, but I'll see you guys soon. But I'm going to use this because I'm in Georgia and a flight to Greece and Italy is like the same price as like flying to a different state. So why wouldn't I do that? Oh. So yeah, when I was there, I traveled to... Traveled to a lot of different countries. Um, uh, London. Um, traveled. Yeah. Well, I was dating a girl at the time too, so we went to Paris together. Where is she from? Well, I met her in Dublin when she was studying abroad, and yeah. uh, she's originally from Boston. Um, yeah. So we met there, and then eventually we ended up. Uh, we traveled together. We, and then I traveled by myself too to Greece and Italy. Me and her went to Belgium, and that first year we went to Belgium and uh, London, and. Um, I went to Dublin was where I met her. And then that was the year I went home for my brother's wedding too. Gotcha. Yeah. So that was, that was that year, I guess, in a nutshell. So nothing too crazy security wise happened. Georgia was pretty chill. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't too crazy. Yeah. What's the feel of Georgia? How would you, would you compare it to anywhere, anywhere you've been here in the US? Mm, um, probably not like the state Georgia we're in there. No, 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 no. Um, Atlanta, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, exactly um i think i think i don't know it's eastern europe it's got its own feel um they're very friendly very welcoming um they treat uh, visitors like gifts from god and they because they obviously bring you money in and it's very old school it's like people can still smoke and like inside people can smoke in airports and Mm. that kind of stuff it's very old school it's very chill um a lot of them are still they very religious adhere to like orthodox georgian um it's very i would say it's like it's like old school it's like old school i think and i i enjoyed it though because it's just more rustic beauty i guess like the mountains and and that kind of stuff and the bars were fun too it was a good mix it was a good mix like you had the orthodox older generation i guess and the younger generation that were kind of coming through they knew english obviously more mm-hmm. and um yeah, it was a good time i had made some really good friends over there but when you're like guarding an embassy are you inside or outside or both um it, it's it's both it, it would depend um on this like for the most part we inside and we we ensure that the right people get in and the right people get out no, on a day-to-day like basis looking at passports or identification yeah we look at our, we check the identification make sure you, whoever's supposed to be there will be there and yeah that's mainly it and then if any if they need us anywhere else we we um some guys will fly out and help out but for the most part every embassy is pretty secure it's really secure no yeah. one gets in or gets out if they're not the right people hmm. yeah 
they have like a schedule for the day for like who's coming and who's going or like not really no we keep it all um under we keep it all just uh, uh sporadic to make sure that the, no one can know what we're doing they carry a firearm yeah we're all we're all yeah. locked, locked and loaded are you packing oh uh, we're packing a few i can't say specifics um mm. but we're we're pack we're packing enough and we we got the right we got the right weaponry for different situations in case anything had to happen yeah yeah so georgia was pretty low-key though there's nothing never any issues with you nothing too crazy you know um it was mainly us doing our job making sure everything is set and then mm-hmm. we would go out and enjoy ourselves too at the same time it was a place you could enjoy yourself so mm. yeah a lot of the guys did snowboarding and i wasn't much of a snow person so um many just went out drinks you know cool yeah what's uh so from georgia what what's next is after where's your next embassy so yeah after georgia i went to sudan like straight from georgia to sudan straight from georgia to sudan yeah um that's a culture shock that sounds like it's yeah. a totally different place yeah no for sure it was the sudan was a definitely um definitely a culture shock um a lot more security aspects we had to we were a lot more serious on um you couldn't drink out on town um because there's no alcohol allowed in the country um in the whole country yeah so is that is that a religious thing yeah pretty sure yeah um Damn. so yeah mo- for the most part sudan involved a lot of training a lot of and a lot of working out and um yeah, when did you start getting jacked yeah well <laughs> it was mainly in sudan if i'm being honest because that's where i tore my pectoral that's where i got hurt oh, shit. yeah what while we were doing? doing we were just we were just in the gym training for like a just getting ready mm-hmm. um working out staying in shape and then for like a pt um and then yeah i got I tore my pectoral i remember i remember i had my headphones in and it was like it was like three three hundred or two eighty five and i was on my final set and then yeah and then one of my buddies was spotting for me i think it was like my sixth set of six or something we're just doing six for six and then he was and then he something popped and it felt like my pectoral shot up to my collarbone and i and i I lost all my strength and he grabbed it lucky because that would have hurt me that fell on me especially Mm -hmm. on my chest and he picked it up and he told me he heard like a it sounded like a like a pop like a balloon pop almost and then yeah i ran straight to the medical care and they they didn't i mean i didn't get much help if i'm being totally honest because there wasn't much medical facilities in sudan mm-hmm. um so i kind of just had to heal myself for the most part like do my own physical therapy i learned on youtube and whatnot damn dude damn yeah and then from when i was in sudan though um yeah we we were in the best best shape of all of the guys in the best shape of their life um i was in charge of a lot of the training there and i met some of the the strongest and like strongest and nicest marines ever um really a brotherhood and um yeah no that Im- that were whoever tried anything it would be a bad day for them is there like so to like georgia you had like stuff you go do obviously like bar yeah, and stuff. yeah so what what is what you pass the time working out is that what you did in sudan pretty much yeah um it was work mainly working out and we uh like we could have alcohol on like american compounds so mm-hmm. like at like on the compound we could have like alcohol so like we'd work out we'd drink have like movie nights and this kind of stuff and then well we worked a lot with the charities um too that was a, a lot of i spent a lot of my time if i wasn't in the gym or doing anything we worked with orphanages um outreach programs um we went out and um i organized it's called a toys for tots mm. um where we went out to uh, off about three or four orphanages everyone collects uh, gifts and we go out and hand them to all the kids there 
and mm. I did that in Georgia too. Uh, uh, I spent a lot of time in Georgia doing that too, mainly for female or younger girl orphanages um, in Georgia. But in Sudan, it was mainly just uh, poor orphanages brought them gifts. And then during uh, Ramadan, they would have uh, iftars, which is like when they um. I hope I'm getting this right. Um, and then they where they at the end of the day, once they're done fasting, they would have a celebration, mm-hmm. and we would we would go out and bring food and we'd help and we'd sit down with them and eat just to help you know diplomatic stuff and just to be kind, I guess you know show a different side, like of things and um, yeah, I really enjoyed that the ingratiating into the community, learning some Arabic too while I was there, which was which was really cool. Um working with a lot of the, the the local police and all that kind of stuff the mm-hmm. yeah after after spending about a year and a half in sudan I, like north africa just those arabic countries have a really special place in my heart they're good people they're just really kind and they're really good people they put other people before themselves which is very nice mm. um what is like the, the overall feel like what is what do they think about american like interventionalism there are they like, do they welcome hmm. you guys with open arms? Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of it is uh, misrepresented. Um, because when when we were there, we didn't really get looked upon badly. Everyone was really kind to us. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I stick out like a sore thumb being a white guy with blonde hair, blue eyes. Um, but as long as you had uh, uh, listened, because they have their rules. Obviously, mm-hmm. you you can't show public affection like holding hand, like holding like Arabic girl's hand in public and that kind of stuff. As long as you adhere to their rules and like their country laws, which you should, mm-hmm. um, I was treated with nothing but respect and kindness. And I and they, I think every country enjoys when foreigners and tourists try to enjoy the local celebrations and try to help out. Like they knew we did uh, community outreach. They knew, they knew that um, we went to the iftars and we celebrated with them. I fasted with. I, I did fasting whilst they were fasting a lot of the time too to make sure it was like even. So mm-hmm. I could, so they knew that I, like, I'm not just there for the food. I'm there for, like, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting with you. Like I did that for a couple of weeks myself, um, which they really appreciated too. I didn't have to do that regardless whether I'm religious or not. It was more of a respect thing to them. I did, um, which was nice. And I made a lot of, and again, more good friends over there, good people. Um, but yeah, they really, to answer your question, they, uh, they, they welcomed us, you know? That's good to hear because, you know, you just watch the news or read Facebook and shit. And yeah. That's all about how we're against each other. Yeah, you know? no, it's uh, it's it's it breaks my heart seeing that because a lot of the the news doesn't. I've seen so many, so many good things that the news will just never know. And it's because it's, it, it won't sell good. The good, good deeds don't really sell, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's just it. Yeah, there's a lot more good than there is bad out there. And I. People need to start focusing that on that more. It should be a news channel for like just like good shit. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, we're all people. Exactly. We, yeah. You know, we all have the same. I mean, we all grow up, we come out of our mother's stomach, and we're it's hate gets imposed on us. It doesn't. It doesn't just happen right out of the bag. So, uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with just treating each other with love and respect. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. We're all the same. Yeah. Well. While I was there, I also did some traveling in Sudan too, like well, because they have they actually have the their pyramids in Sudan are actually older than the ones in Egypt. Really? Yeah, not a lot of people know that the, the Nubian pyramids. We went out there and saw that, and Do also they, they look like the Egyptian pyramids. They're smaller. <laughs> they're a lot smaller. Mm. Uh, they're interesting though. Um, I had a good time. Rode the camels out there, um, and did some traveling while I was 
then Sudan also, because I was there for so long when I took leave. You best believe I enjoyed myself. <laughs> so I believe it. Yeah. So I got uh, explored the world a little bit more while I was there. Like went to different spots in the world again. Um, it was good. It was a good time. Got to got to experience a lot of stuff. Uh, when I was there, I think I went to. Um, and, uh, just trying to think. Um, again, I was dating the girl, dating that same girl at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, wonderful girl. And then we went to went to Beijing together. Oh. Um, yeah, we were in China for a little bit, um, which was interesting. It was a bit of a culture shock too. We were there for a week, and then I went to Singapore after that. Um, I feel like I went somewhere else too. Um, well, damn. I mean, well, how's how's China? How'd you like China? China was China was fun. We had a good time. Um, it's a lot of spitting on the floor. Like, really? yeah, this is like no shame People at all. Spit? Oh my god, yeah. Like we'll be walking out. Like as soon as we got to the airport, we would walk outside. All you hear is like them hockaloogie and just spit on the floor. And it's like casual. Like no one really cares. And mm. we're just like, okay, this is that's kind of gross. They uh, never spat at you. No, no, they didn't spit at us. No, no. As much as I asked them to, they didn't. <laughs> Um, have you heard about the their their social app that they got going on there? No, I haven't. There is it's it's an app. It's kind of run through the government where you kind of you get like a score as like a citizen, and like you do stupid shit that the government doesn't like, your score goes down, and you can even like what? be jailed from having too low a score. Or have to oh, pay shit. pay fine and stuff. It's very it's getting very uh kind of scary over there. I didn't know about that. No. I, know, I think the scariest thing that happened over there, I mean, was uh, I ate Peking duck and I got food food poisoning. Oh. That's probably the scariest part, I guess. Well, those people probably have a low score for cooking that oh, shit now. Yep, guaranteed they that went down immediately. Peking <laughs> duck. Never had duck. Yeah, it was like cut up in front of us and stuff too. It was good. It, was, it tasted good at the time. I mean, it, later on it didn't taste so good, but I mean, it tasted good at the time. Yeah. Um, and I got... I normally get, I try to get tattoos also from like the countries I go to, too. So I go one in China also, which is this one over here. Oh, good on you for not getting a Chinese letter. Someone would oh, cut, say God. cultural appropriation. Oh, I, was, I do have Chinese letters. Oh, <laughs> shit, dude. So when I, my grandfather's actually from Singapore. And really? um, yeah, so. He, like, like born? Yeah, he was there? born and he was born and he, he left when he was, I think, 12. Mm. So he could speak Chinese and Mandarin and Cantonese or whatnot. And then he moved to um, he moved to South Africa, and then later on, obviously he got older. I grew up too, and then I moved to America. And the last thing he said to me, well, he's still alive right now, but the last thing he said when I left South Africa, he said, "Just never stop fighting for what you want." And then when as soon as I got to America, I got that tattooed on my back in in Chinese, his mm-hmm. native language, "Never stop fighting." So yeah, whenever someone That's asks, a good tattoo. Yeah, when they ask, I just said it means extra soy sauce, please. So, yeah. <laughs> just jump the gun. Just make fun of myself before anyone gets there. <laughs> oh shit, man! Yeah. I could not. I, I want tattoos. I just have no idea what, what I would get. But that's like, that's a good tattoo. That's something with meanings. Kind of like yeah, live, laugh, love on your foot or some shit. Exactly. Yeah, and <laughs> and uh, infinity on my on my wrist or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I got a I got a couple. Um, I got one from Greece too. And uh, Georgia, the Georgia one was a stupid one. That was, that was probably my worst one. It really? looks like it looks like a little spiral over here. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be like a Mesopotamian or Mac- whatever symbol for the sun or whatever. It was like last minute stuff. 
yeah, it's, uh, that, was, that was the only one I didn't regret, but uh, I wish I put more thought into it. No regrets. Yeah, yeah, I might as well just say that. Regrets, yeah, yeah. with an A, yeah. Um, so uh, after Sudan, whether was that your second embassy? Yeah, so after, what? sorry, yeah? No, yeah, go ahead. After well, during Sudan, I actually went back to the Marine, back to the States for a couple for in during March, um, for martial arts training to so, uh, for Marine Corps martial arts instructor training. Oh. So I went back. I did about a, a month. I think it was about a month course there where I got my tab or my black belt, and then that means you can teach other Marines like make map, which is Marine Corps martial arts program, teach them and belt them up too. So I did that mm. hand in hand with. My birthday too was around the same time, uh-huh. which really worked out for me because right after training, I flew to Boston to see the girl I was dating at the time, and then um, spent my birthday uh, in Boston during St. Patrick's Day because my birthday's oh. on the 18th, so it just worked out fine. And then, oh, so get back to your question. Sorry, I'm going well, on a tangent. I have another one now. Yeah, Marine Corps martial arts. What's that like? Is that like based? Is that like an amalgamation of a bunch of different like? Taekwondo, jujitsu, I would imagine, probably. Yeah, it's a it, it brings it brings together a lot of different things, mainly for combat too. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is used for mainly used for combat. It's uh, got some jujitsu, boxing, some kickboxing, um, a lot of uh, weapons training with rifles and um, bayonets, uh, knives, handguns. Um, it's all different aspects. It's different belt levels. You you just get more and more intricate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, they get different instructors, and so like they'll get they'll get some UFC fighters or special uh, special special specialists, yeah, specialists in, um, and then they'll help out like in the different aspects, like because there's some jujitsu in Marine Corps martial arts program, they get jujitsu specialists to come in and teach it, and then after the instructors know, then they they can teach the other Marines, and then you can belt them up too, hmm. which was. Which is good, yeah. You got like pressure point knowledge. Can you squeeze my shoulder and make me pass out? Like no, yeah. It's, it's, there's a few. There's a few special uh, pressure points. One, um, there's a few little little tricks and stuff. But yeah, I'm not a really a aggressive person, which is one of the reasons I did get out. Although I taught Marines like how to fight and I guess like how to shoot for, but um, I'm not really an aggressive person by nature. Um, I'm I don't like conflict or anything. I don't think it's necessary sometimes. And yeah, so that was one of the reasons I got out. But we learned a couple of tricks, a couple of cool tricks that, if if necessary, I'm sure would come in handy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, though. Yeah, a particular set of skills. Yeah, a particular set of skills don't. <laughs> I had yeah, if I don't steal my phone, <laughs> I don't have a daughter. The closest thing is my phone that I, I love the most. <laughs> Shit, but how would you call them to threaten them if they took your phone? I would probably do it on this podcast. Yeah. Put it live. <laughs> All right. Don't steal his phone. <laughs> Fuck you up. But yeah, so you asked after Sudan. Oh yeah, post Sudan. Post Sudan. So when you finish your second tour, you are allowed to. They fly you home for free. How long is a tour? Typically a year. Mm. Typically one year rotations, and then, <clears throat> and then after your second tour, because you've been overseas for two years, um, you can they buy your they can they pay for your ticket home to America, or they pay for any other ticket you want that's cheaper. Hmm. So I did the other option. So when they said, okay, we, I can fly you home, or if you find a ticket cheaper, we'll do that. So I said, okay, a t- there's a, a ticket to Rio de Janeiro is cheaper. 
Damn. Yeah, so, and then they'll pay for your flight there and your flight back to your next place, which was Budapest. So they paid for my flight to Rio. And then I spent a week in Rio. And then I then I went then I was in um Peru, Cusco and Lima for another week. And then they paid for my ticket out of Chile because I went to Chile for two weeks and spent some time in Easter Island. And then they paid for my flight from Chile to Budapest at the time, which was my third post. Damn, bro. That yeah. is a lot of different places. Yeah, yeah, it's uh like it was very fortunate. I mean, again, I didn't pay for two like the biggest flights there, so I took advantage of the traveling opportunities when most guys just go home, you know? Yeah. So what is, uh, what's your favorite thing that you saw in South America? Easter Island, that was pretty nice. No, that was so epic. That was epic. It was just quiet. I mean, obviously the, the stone heads were, were just out of this world, but it was just quiet. You know, I was just, um, it was nice because I, at the t- well, it wasn't nice. I guess at the time I was going through a breakup, so it was just it was like the peace I needed. Boston girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wonderful girl. It was a mutual. It was a mutual thing for the most part, and mm. um, that's but, nice. Yeah, no, she's she's great. Um, and then, yes, uh, it was just quiet. You know, it's just being out in the ocean on like an island that only two, three flights come in every week, mm. and it was just peaceful. I guess there's little dog. There's dogs running around that um. They follow you everywhere. They're all peaceful, nice, friendly dogs. So, um, yeah. So that was that was probably Rio was epic too. Though Rio was just a different level, crazy. That was, yeah, it's a party town. Oh yeah, they just grabbed me like again because I was just white and I think I was a little different and I was by mm. myself too. I travel by myself all the time unless I'm with someone like mm. dating someone. So all these countries I went to was by myself. Um, and then uh, aren't you what aren't you worried that like. I don't know, like how people don't speak English or like how to communicate or like where to find the bathroom. Where to... Yeah, no, sometimes, I mean, it can be like that, but it's, I find it more fun like that. It's the first place I went to by myself was Dublin. And then I just, I don't know, I caught the bug. I stayed at hostels, Airbnbs, um, and I just meet people. Um, I really, the English is, is everywhere, but uh-huh. um, I don't know, it's fun. It's 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 scary. I mean, not much can scare me right now. If I'm being honest with you, there's very few things that that will scare me to a point where I don't want to do them. Um, but no, I, I never really worried about that because I knew. I mean, as as long as I can charge my phone, I can find my way out. You know what I mean? I had yeah. Google Translate on my phone, so if anything happened, I can always do that. And I don't know. It's a, it's like two thousand. It's late two like two thousand teens. I guess you can. There's just so much like technology around. Like no matter what, you'll be fine. This is true. So yeah, that's uh, I wasn't really ever worried. Only one time I got a little bit worried, and I was in Italy. I got dropped off. My plane went into a different airport than I thought, and in this little small town, no one spoke English. Oh. No one. And I had my big suitcase with me, and I needed to get to Rome, and just no one's. I, I couldn't do anything, and the one train station looked like it was a ghost town. So I was just dragging my suitcase around. I'd walk like two miles from the airport and I'd be dragging my suitcase around. I would walk into like stores. How can you help me? And then they don't speak, they don't speak English. And then my phone was dead. And I was like, oh, God, I don't know what to do. And then I knew the address because I wrote it down before I left. So I knew where to go in Rome. I just didn't know how to get there. And I was just like two hours away from Rome. And eventually I just waited at the train station, sat on my bag for about two, three hours. And eventually a train came by. 
and I hopped on the first one and I didn't know where it was going. Lucky it was going in the direction of Rome. <laughs> and um, I, I knew I had a week in Rome. I knew mm-hmm. that and I knew no matter where this is going, I can always get on it like a find somewhere and at least someone on this train speaks English. So I jumped on and lucky for me, I think it was like the fourth stop was Rome. Yeah. But that was that was probably the closest part of like where I was lost. Being lost is a good thing though. I think people need to get lost more. It's it's almost comforting, I guess, you know. Mm. Find yourself out of it. Yeah, man, for sure. I like that. Yeah, you said after Sudan? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, after Sudan, I Budapest, did that huh? Budapest, yeah. So I flew from Chile to Budapest. Um I was the most experienced marine there at the time and uh um again it was pretty it wasn't too serious there was a real like everyone there was some country protest going on like the locals were more upset with the government it wasn't really us mm. so we were pretty chill budapest had the best party scene for sure budapest was like a modern georgia to me mm. like a modern version of georgia a lot smaller but it's like a modern version and where is budapest budapest is uh it's it's right by austria it's like eastern europe so it's right by mm. austria um uh uh prague um bulgaria so it's right above bulgaria too um and um what's on the left i forget what's on the left i don't know but it's eastern europe yeah Yeah, it's right under it's close to ukraine and stuff too gotcha yeah so yeah budapest was fun too budapest had had a good time made a lot of good friends there too um joe did some traveling there too obviously by myself now um, between then and there, me and that girl broke up. And then I started I just traveling by myself after that, like for my final year. Because this was my last year in the Marine Corps. So I was like, okay, I'm going to use my leave days and I'm just going to go. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's a good time. That's when I flew out to Cairo, spent a week and a half in Cairo. I was at a hostel and uh, I remember I paid like five bucks for this hostel. And I remember showering under like a tap. Um, I had a bed, mm-hmm. I had my own room, but I had, a, had like a tap. That I was showering under was just always horrible, but it was a good time though. I didn't know it was only there for a week, and it was inexpensive, and that's all I needed, you know. Mm-hmm. Flew from there to South Africa because my grandfather wasn't doing too well, so I went home to see him, um, spent some time, spent some time with him, and then after that I flew to Australia and I was in Sydney for, <laughs> I was in Sydney for two weeks, did some skydiving there, and then flew back to Budapest. Damn, bro. Yeah, man, I was just hopping around, hopping around, especially during the Marine Corps. That sounds amazing. I mean, I'm sure it was a lot of hard work in the Marine Corps. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah, for sure. Definitely, I definitely paid my dues, especially in Sudan, and a lot of, like, we worked hard. Like, we're all the Marines out there working hard, and they're they're doing what they can to keep everyone safe. So, any bit of break they can get, and also, I was getting a steady paycheck too. So I knew, like, if I travel, like, I'm getting a paycheck. So yeah. there wasn't ever ever worries about money or anything. I just knew I have an opportunity now, and I knew once I get to Los Angeles, <laughs> it's gonna be a struggle. So, so yeah. Um, were you at an embassy when uh, the Benghazi attack happened? No, that was that was that was that was well before. Well before. Yeah. Sure, yeah. No, that was well well before. Did anything change because of that? Like yeah, embassy obsec- protocol. Uh, I don't know specifically. Mm-hmm. I got on like it, but I don't know. Ten years after it happened, so it was. Oh shit! Was it really that? Far it was off? a long time ago. Yeah. What year is it? Nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm assuming they've upped it up, but I, I, I wouldn't. I'm not a hundred percent sure about the logistical 
mm. side of the security aspect after the attacks happened. I just know I had a job to do at the time, and I did it. Yeah, brother. Favorite food that you had in your travels? Mm. Bet you had a lot of different shit. Yeah, no, and a lot of it didn't agree with me, too. Um, <laughs> um, that I stuff know. I had in Koreatown last night, I had the, I ripped the nastiest parts in the Oh, day. really? Literally, a chick next to me got up and left. I saw your Instagram story. Yeah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> oh, the, the best food. Honestly, I, I, when I was, I don't know, I, I, I liked haggis. Uh, in Scotland, yeah. It was, on, yeah. I think. I think, or I don't think, I almost know this, is that I was very drunk at the time, but I vividly mm. remember having haggis. And I was, I was, I was again, very drunk. And I was mm. like, this shit is so good. And then I had it sober and it wasn't as good. But at the time, it it, it tasted like the best meal on this planet. Haggis. What's in haggis? That's like lamb. Uh, I, don't, it's, it, I don't know. It's just it's meat. Like random, like organs or something, right? I think it's lamb yeah. organs. Yeah, so it was like meat and like potatoes and stuff. And but again, I think anything accompanied with eight to ten Guinness would would taste good. My brother, I love yeah. me some Guinness. That's my favorite beer. Hell yeah, that's a. Did it's you, like the only thing I drink. Did you visit the factory? I did. Yeah, I did. Oh, I visited. It was a good time. I that was the that was the other time I almost got lost, because mm-hmm. after I was at the factory, because you know, they obviously plow you with Guinness, and I was. Oh yeah. I was. Do you pay a flat flat fee for the tour, and then you get all the drink? All the skinness on top of it. Yeah, it's flat and it's fat too. It's quite expensive sometimes. Is that uh, it's I got the like the connoisseur one mm-hmm. where you taste like the different Guinnesses from the years. So I drank those, and then you get a complimentary one, and then upstairs on the roof, this is kind of gross, but I mean they're upstairs on the roof. Like a lot of they give you like you get Guinness on the roof too, and a lot of people they'll oh I want to drink Guinness, and then they'll have some, and they're like oh I don't like it or whatever. They'll they'll just leave Ooh. full Guinnesses on the table and I, at the time i was pretty drunk already so and mm-hmm. then i saw four guinnesses and i said oh you're not do you not like it I'm like no i'm here because my husband likes it and i was like well you're not gonna drink that and then yeah three or four of those later it started raining and then i walked home and then i remember sitting on the sidewalk about a mile or two away from i think phone dead again and i didn't know how to get anywhere and i and i, and I was at this time i kind of like reveled in it too i was like this is nice i don't know what i'm gonna do and but I knew people spoke English in Dublin. And I knew the sun will come up in two hours, so, and then I walked into a hotel and I asked them for an actual map, <laughs> and I found my way back with a map, huh? Which was cool. And then, yeah, I didn't do that again afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess when you're trained to survive in like wartime situations, being lost in fucking Ireland, drunk off of Guinness doesn't sound that scary. Yeah. Uh- yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not like a war hero by any means, but it's it just, I think, I don't know. I think any human put in an uncomfortable situation, if they have the right like character, though, you can pull through it. And you know, people have gone through so much worse than just being lost or, or anything like that. So that's what I just think about. It's like, is this really the worst thing that could happen to me? Like, mm. I'm in Dublin right now. Like, this is not bad. Like, this is this is a, a good thing. You're drunk. It's a good thing. Like, enjoy yourself, <laughs> and then. I don't know. I, I, I gave into it, gave into being lost, and I was like, see what I can do. It's an excellent mindset, sir. I dig it. Yeah, man. But yeah, uh, you asked about Budapest again. Go off on tangents. Nice. That's uh, why we're here, man. We're here for the tangents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jaybird tangents. Um, <laughs> next podcast. Jaybird take tangent. 
Um, Budapest. I ran a marathon when I was in Budapest. Um, full marathon. Like full marathon. Yeah. Linda. No, because I remember once I got there, because obviously after in South America, I had indulged in a lot of alcohol and a lot of food. Um, and then um, I got there and I wasn't in the best shape I, I, I could have been in. Uh, and then I went for a run with one of the other Marines and he completely burnt me. Like, it was embarrassing. Um, his name was uh, Joseph Carr. Uh, he, uh, I don't know, we went for a run. He was one of my junior Marines and then went for a run. And I remember we, it was a five mile run and I, I remember stopping at like four and a half miles and my legs were seizing up with cramps. Mm. And I I told him I can't do this anymore. And I, I walk, we we walk, he walked with me back. And the first thing I did when I got back and I said, This is not happening. This is not I hate being uncomfortable and I hate being not competitive, but I hate for myself being like that. So I I got back. The first thing I did was what what is the hardest thing I can do like to make myself make sure I can get a better become a better runner? And I looked up when the Budapest Marathon was. Budapest Marathon was in three months. And I signed up for it. I, I paid like a flat fee or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he was supposed to do it with me, but he hurt his foot like on the next run. But yeah, I signed up for it. I started training for it. Um, I started training for it. And then uh, I, I ran it later that year. Um, ran the full marathon later that year. And that was that was also a story in itself. <laughs> I was like, that, was, that was epic. That was definitely the hardest thing I've done um like phys- physically was a full marathon on three months training mm-hmm. almost coming off the couch i guess yeah um i remember at like mile it was like mile 20 21 or 22 i remember like falling over like because i was doing keto at the time which means i didn't have many carbs in my system and the water just drains out of you and then i remember seizing up my legs like or like it felt like a sniper shot me from the roof because i just fell <laughs> and then they put me in the back of an ambulance like and then they were like pumping me with magnesium and potassium and whatnot mm-hmm. and then they told me no you you're not gonna like it's it, at the time it was like i was set to finish at about four hours four just under four and at, i spent an hour in the in the ambulance Damn. on the side of the road people stopped by giving me their gels or whatever and then um i told them no there's no way I, <laughs> there's no way so i walked majority of the way at the end the cutoff time was five hours 30 I, I walked a lot of the way and then i ran the final like two three miles with a veteran that was running at the time too. I saw him and we ran together and like hobbled, didn't really run. And then I made it, uh, it was five hours, like 10 minutes I made it in. And my boss, one of the head Marines had a Guinness for me at the finish line. And that was the first thing <laughs> I had awesome. after I cried <laughs> with my, my legs, but it was good though. That was, that was again, a really good experience. So yeah, it's important to test yourself. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. It's gotta being uncomfortable is a gift. Yeah, you don't push yourself. You don't know what you're. Find your limits and then exceed them. I'm with you on that. I'm with you. I don't. I don't really run though. Running's not my thing. I hate running. I run after I work out. Like I lift. I lift and then I do abs and then I I run a mile and a half. Like a mile and a half. Like I pull on the treadmill and then Mm -hmm. and then I go in the sauna and I just kick back. I would run if I'm running from something. Yeah. Or to something. To something for sure. Um, but just like hopping on the treadmill is bad. That's, I can't do it. I yeah. I, I, in my head, uh, I always put the, I did this as a kid too growing up, is that when I was running or doing anything, I always imagined an Oscar at the finish line, like ah. an Academy Award. And yeah. that's what I did for the marathon too. Because I always did that building up. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this hurts now, but look what's at the end. And then when I, 
that's what helped me finish the marathon and then other things too when i'm when i'm feeling like shit mm-hmm. like during a workout or when i'm running specifically i just think that's waiting for me at the finish line and i'm sure you would agree that would push you like to the nth degree the academy award goes to yeah yeah that's all i think about and it's that's the goal i promised my grandfather i'd be on tv or film so i've got a promise to fulfill cool man yeah you, you've always wanted to be an actor yeah, I was actually, I did uh, some amateur uh, kickboxing growing up. That was that was my niche when I was growing up. I mm-hmm. did a few K, I did a 1K1 fight and two amateur kickboxing fights. And then... How did you fare? Listen, that first fight, I remember I was like 13 and I went against mm-hmm. like a 15-year-old and he kicked me in my chest and it felt like someone took every breath out of me. <laughs> and I fell and I remember I that was a one time in my life I just gave up. Like He kicked me mm-hmm. and I looked up and I stood up and he was in great shape and I was a fat kid. And I looked at him and I turned, I turned to my coach. I was like, oh, I got bronchitis. I can't do it. And then, and then, and then he was like, oh, whatever. And then he gave up. That was basically a give up. And then after that, I had another one, which I won. And then a final one, which was against this kid, which he had no right being in the same ring as me. He was out of shape. I was like been doing it for at least like four or five years at the time. And then, yeah, they threw in the towel for his side. So that was the only, that was actually the only trophy or medal I've ever won in my life was from that. And then I found theater and then it just, something changed. I, I knew I enjoyed it. I knew this was something I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Um, and then I was in high school musical two on stage in Africa. Ooh, yeah, what, uh, yeah. What, what role were you in? It's funny when people ask me that I was Jack Scott. So he's not even in the movie. He's like a pres- oh. presenter of some sorts. And he was mm-hmm. with like, he's close to Kelsey, I guess, in the movie. So I did that. I, did I don't a- know these movies very well. Just, just, just for. Yeah, no, I got a, <laughs> I got no, High School Musical, I'm, <laughs> yeah, that was a weird time. Um, I did Amadeus, which is like a Mozart theater, a Mozart thing, and then I did a couple, um, a lot of musicals, and then I think that was mainly it, yeah, yeah. and Dorian Gray, the picture of Dorian Gray was in that growing up too, which I enjoyed it, and I knew after I did that, I gave up, I gave up fighting, and I said, this is what I'm going to do, and then the Marines obviously came later on, but yeah. It all came, it all wound up right mm, in Los Angeles, yeah. Everything happens as it's supposed to. 100%, man. Yeah, I'm sure you have a ton of things to pull from and acting from all those experiences. Man, you've lived a long, very full life for being, what, 20, 25, 24? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I made a point to do it. Um, very fortunate to grow up with uh, my mom and my stepdad, who's uh, very strict growing up, but they supported whatever I wanted to do. And I don't know, they... My mom really instilled just you have one life, just do what you can. Like you'll get money. You can have money later on. Just do these experiences you you won't get back. And I don't know, I took that to heart. And I I was never stupid with money. I was never stupid. Um besides after I smoke weed and have munchies, that's when I'm stupid. I spent yeah, $35 on McDonald's at 12 a.m. It's not Damn, a good idea. Oh, you're spending 35 You're doing McDonald's wrong if you're spending $35. How much? I'm doing McDonald's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I, I think I ordered like, it was like two, it was two. This is another tangent, yeah? Um, yeah. Another, it was like two McFlurries for sure. The McFlurries, I wanted Damn. one of each. I wanted an M&M one and I wanted a Oreo one. And then I had, um, it was a Big Mac. Uh, then it was a, what do you call it? Uh, quarter double quarter pounder and then the big, royale with cheese yeah. come on son and then uh um big fries big fries and then i i got uh, nuggets too so it, it came it probably got more shit damn but 
ten thousand calories, something like that. Yeah, because I, you know, I don't eat carbs for the most part. So when mm-hmm. I do, like, it's excessive. Like last night, I got I got <laughs> good stoned again last night, and I ate a whole bag of chips ahoy, a big bag of Doritos, four packs of ramen noodles, and I I passed out watching The Office, <laughs> and then <laughs> I woke up and went to the gym. <laughs> Dude, well, see, that's you've earned that shit because you're if you're disciplined in your in your life and you're and you're working out and your nutrition. I can get away with it, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I have a theory about exercising. I think of it like a like a piggy bank. Mm-hmm. So um, working out is like putting dimes and pennies in there. Yeah. Eating right is like putting quarters and like silver dollars in there. So oh, fair enough. You know, yeah. If you, uh, you, know, you eat something shitty, you got to pull some money out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, just keep putting money in the bank and eventually fills up and you get, you know, to your whatever you're looking for but exactly, don't just yeah. don't break the fucking piggy bank gotcha yeah gotcha yep what was it we were going somewhere before i went on the mcdonald's tangent oh, i don't know i just had del taco yesterday i've never had del taco it's uh it's pretty solid i'm not gonna Does lie it? they have the uh the new beyond meat uh tacos you i heard that on that? the radio yeah on the when i'm ubering i hear that on the radio i was so scared to try it i was like this like meat grown in a lab like i don't know what this fascist shit is but you know, it just, <laughs> just tastes like tacos to me so i guess they did it right yeah 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 um yeah i'm trying to think what we were there's something maybe something to do with budapest i guess the marathon yeah. how was the was it like a the marathon was it a journey through budapest was it good scenery oh man yeah it was stunning like we because i ran around a, it's a place called margit island um that's where I trained, like where I would run all the time. It was like a mile. Mm-hmm. It was like a mile and a half from the embassy. It was three miles around the thing, and then a mm-hmm. mile and a half back. So I would, I'll get a solid like six miles in if I ran that, and then if I ran it twice, it was like nine, and that's how I trained. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was part of the run. Um, the run was went through all Budapest. You saw like the scenery. If I'm being totally honest though, like after mile fifteen though, I couldn't care less about where I'm running, as long as I well, at, better runners will enjoy it. But at that time. All I cared about was finishing. I remember I was the only I was the only dick with the shirt off running, and I remember I ran by and I, this is when I hit that point where I was struggling that that wall, and I remember running by and this little Chinese lady. She must be no more than like or no less than seventy, she and she was like four foot nothing, and she ran by me like, and then she stopped and you get this big guy like hunched over, well not big guy but like muscular guy hunched mm-hmm. over, and she comes and she pats me on the back because she saw my Chinese. And she and she said, "Never stop fighting. Never oh. stop fighting." That sounds like hella racist. Dude, that's but beautiful. I know. She tapped me on the back, and I looked up, and she was like, "I was bent over," and she was like at eye level. <laughs> and I looked at her, and I was like, "Thank you, <clears throat> thank you." And then she ran off like like a bullet, and I was just like plodding along. But it was nice. It was a nice moment, mm-hmm. and that that's when like when people were giving me their gels and people were giving me their supplements when I was struggling in the ambulance on the side of the road. Just in my head, I was like, you people don't even know me, but you want to help me. And that's what you don't see. That's what mm-hmm. you don't see in the news. That's what you don't see in anything. It's like people are inherently good. They're good people. And it's the same when mm. I was in I was in Peru and I was climbing Rainbow Mountain and I was struggling. This is my favorite memory. If you, if you had to ask me my favorite memory out of everything I've done so far in my 25 years of life, it would be I was climbing Rainbow Mountain and there's these, these, these dogs and these little girls and families that are at the top and midway in the mountain they give like food or whatever and it was snowing and i had altitude sickness and i didn't think i was going to make it to the top it felt like my i'm not kidding this felt like my head was going to explode and i was going up and then there was this little girl there 
and I looked at her and she came up to me and she said, come on, you can go. And then she's got a dog next to her. And then I saw her, and then she started, she was like, watch, follow me or whatever. And then she started walking up. Then I started following her up. And then she was like, she held my hand for a little bit. And then when we got to the top, uh, she just, she was just standing there and she gave me like a little clap or whatever. And then I just waved at her and I made it to the top. And it was just a little girl. I had no idea this, 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 again, this, this white guy that's struggling. <laughs> you wouldn't think I work out because I'm always struggling with these things, but um and yeah, she, she helped me to working out struggling yeah man and she helped me to the top and in, in my head i was like that that's when i uh, everything changed for the most part at that time too i was just like you you would never know about that and there's so many more things that people don't know about all they hear about is the bad stuff that's why i don't watch the news because there's so much good stuff going out there that it would drown out all of this nonsense if people just gave it a chance mm. so but yeah so it was Beautiful scenery, yeah, in the run. <laughs> That's cool. That sounds awesome. Longest run I ever did was seven miles in uh, Davenport, Iowa, and that was just like up and downhill. Oh, and up and downhill and that. No, none of that. No training, hurt very bad. Dude, yeah, running itself is hell. <laughs> I hate running. Yeah, man. yeah, man. Do yoga. Yeah, I need to get into. I did a little bit of it, but I've never really. I haven't done it too much. I think you really like it, especially so get baked and do yoga. Really? Seriously, you will uh, you will feel every fiber of your body like getting uh, galvanized into working together. It's a uh, yoga is all about, you know, like you're not doing, you know, chest day and shoulder day. You know, it's about combining everything, making yeah. your body work as one um, and, you know, helps prevent injuries mm-hmm. um, and is really relaxing in the mind. You could really... Like get a lot of mental shit done yeah no for sure I, it's it's on at the gym that i go to i just haven't really got around to it i need to give it some time though just like give like say today i'm doing yoga yeah um i'm always cool like in my workout routine if i if i want to replace a day of lifting with yoga that's always cool like yeah i need to be more s- flexible Definitely, man. And you got LA Fitness, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, shout out to LA. They Fitness. got class. They got classes. Yeah, shout out to LA. Do you have a? Are you only belong to one, or can you go to any? I can go to all of them. Nice. Yeah, it's it was, expensive though for me. Oh. forty five bucks a month, I think, is what I'm paying. I got like I can go to anyone know. in the country. They they shanghaied me into getting one. They're like, oh well, you, you staying here in LA? I was like, well, I kind of live in Texas too. I'm like, oh well, you might go home sometimes, right? I was like. Yeah, I guess. This, is, this is this is true. I and, guess. <laughs> yeah, so I yeah, forty five bucks a month, and you can't change it unless you cancel your membership. Oh really? And then you have to pay the hundred dollar initiation fee again and get the bastards. I know, bastards. I believe me, I've tried to change it. I I do I do the long one too because when I got back from that world tour after I got done with my 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 um, my stuttering after I got done with um. The Marine Corps. After that, like little traveling tour I did when I got back, um, the reason I did that was because I did a road trip from Florida to California. Damn, how to, long did that take? Three, four days. So damn, you didn't stop. Well, I did. I stopped. I had mates that I served with along the way, so I stopped mm. and saw my boy Darian in Louisiana. I saw my, uh, I saw my boy in Arizona, Hector, and then when I was driving through Texas, um, my other. My other mate Hector, he shout out to Vela. He he hopped in. Like I got up to his house and he told me he's like, hey, by the way, I, I can drive with you for the rest of the way and help you move in Los Angeles. 
Oh, and I was like, what? Like, serious? You sure? He's like, bro, I'm not doing anything. Because he just got back. Um, He's a contractor. So he, he just got back. And he was like, yeah, dude, I'll help you out. It'll be like old times when we used to sleep in the car during um when we were, like, younger when you were doing the acting thing in 2015. Mm. It'd be like old times. So he drove out with me. And he, he helped me move in. Um, helped me set up. And I don't, honestly don't know. I don't know how I would have done without him. And I'm super grateful that he did that. And I'm always indebted to him now and he i'm sure he knows that too but he's a good friend and he helped me out but that road trip uh, definitely sucked i didn't enjoy it west i think it's west texas where it's just desert <laughs> dude i want to i came from oh god i go from houston to here it's 22 hours halfway point still in texas texas is yeah. too damn big split that shit up that's it it was i hated it i mean the stars were beautiful but mm. i mean besides that I, I finished an audio book on the way back on the way there and super pretentious too like it was like some philosophy audiobook mm-hmm. yeah and then um i was like marcus aurelius or something and then yeah I, I definitely got made fun of by hector in the car on the way there it's like you really need to listen to this shit while you're driving you can't just listen to music so but yeah that drive was that drive was epic best diners though on the side of the highways best diners mm-hmm. diner food is good oh yeah yeah man um and then after after Budapest, yeah, I guess yeah, why yeah. not just keep the ball rolling? Um, <laughs> bring, after, us, bring us up to speed. Bring yeah, bring us to today. Today, all right. Um, after Budapest, uh, I, I came back to California, um, to do like the out process of the Marine Corps, where you have to administrative, you have to get out, and they mm. sort out all your stuff. I did that in California, and that's when I came back to AWS, um, Actors Workout Studio. Shout out. Um, and then um. That was the first time back since 2015. Did a couple, did a month or two there. And Were you then, doing uh, classes there in 2015? I well? was, yeah. Oh. I did the introduction class, and I and Same I did. teacher still. Fran was the teacher, yeah. He, I did that for about six months in 2015, before I had to leave, and then I came back. Yeah, January I came back, did a month, and then after I got out the Marine Corps, um, I remember. Well, the first thing I did when I got out. Yeah, no, wait, hold on, sorry. Get my wires crossed. So I got out the Marine Corps. I flew back to, I flew back to Florida because my parents had been looking after my car for the last four years while I'd been overseas. So I went back, spent some time with them and my brother Chase. And then I left for overseas for like six weeks just uh, to treat myself, I guess, <laughs> from all the traveling I did before. Um, and then uh, I went to, I was in Jordan for a week and a half. I was in India for a week and a half. London. Amsterdam, Scotland, and then I ended up in Dublin with my mate James Mellon. Uh, ended up in Dublin, celebrated my birthday with a friend, uh, which I hadn't done since high school. Um, celebrated my birthday with him in Dublin on St. Patrick's Day. Him, Aaron, and a few other people that we met along the way, uh, which was a great time. Um, Damn, that sounds like it. That's the mecca for St. Patrick's Day. Hundred percent. Right? That that it's it's basically like Boston. It's basically americans only like we, you'll be on the street <laughs> and we'll be drinking and like all i would hear is american accents like where are all the irish people and my because my my uncle's um she he, he's irish not really my uncle but a quote he's basically my uncle here uh, mm-hmm. he's irish and he just he was like telling me like everyone leaves <laughs> all the irish because it's just it's like an american thing anyway i guess uh, but it was the streets were packed you couldn't even walk on the streets and then the night after st patrick's day no one 
No, it's like someone just like it was like someone just wiped out like half the population. It was like Thanos snapped his fingers and everyone was gone. And I was like, what the hell? And then yeah, after that I came back. Um that's when I started the road trip, moved out to Los Angeles and picked up acting again after three years of waiting in chains. Finally got the chains off and I could start again. Yeah. And then here I am. Yeah. <laughs> um well you made an Avengers reference. Um Yeah. You have a, you have any Marine Corps friends that you joke make the you and I remember Budapest very differently. Or Oh yeah. god, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I've it's been a... waiting to say something about that this whole time. No, it's a it, oh yeah. Uh, I could definitely make that joke with a couple of the guys I was in Budapest with. Um like we went out and they, they didn't go out and they missed out on like some of the guys missed out on like our New Year's fun and like they were very they stayed indoors more than anything. They didn't enjoy mm. their time. So that would make more sense. Like we, I remember Budapest for the good times. You remember it because you were um, playing video games or you didn't see the, the sun. <laughs> yeah. I'll take yeah. the opportunity. Man. Yeah, man. hundred percent. Say yes to everything. Um, well, let's talk for a second about the actors workout studio. Because uh, yeah. this is like the only formal acting training I've ever really had. I mm-hmm. started there back in January. Yeah. Dude. Uh, I've learned so much there. Oh my god! Um, I used to say I wanted to be an actor because um, being Justin is boring. I want to be someone else. Um, working out there has ta- taught me that how important your point of view is. It's not about just you know throwing away you. It's about how do you feel about who you, your situation, your who you're working with, what what you're giving them, what they're giving back to you. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's beautiful really like yeah it's uh you're the main ingredient you can't there is you need you um that's the thing i've probably learned the most and it was something i was so surprised by um and pleasantly surprised by because it's like it's hard to like think of like okay well how do i conjure up this character yeah no, dude it's just me how do i feel about this how are you making me feel i didn't know that yeah no meisner's <laughs> I, I didn't hear about meisner until i started this too and it's a it's a whole different take on things you know, compared to like, I don't know, method and these kind of things. So now method, like, is that something you need to learn or is, is that just like, fuck it, I'm just going to be this person and um, just don't call me by my name. <laughs> I am the character. I breathe the character. I don't know. I don't know. I like, did. Um. I'm, I'm gonna butcher this and i know whoever does know what they're talking about is definitely i'm definitely wrong in some aspects but i know when after like stanislavski like the four like three or four people broke off and did their own kind of thing with the mm-hmm. actor studio with lee strasberg stella adler um sansford meisner and then someone else that i'm definitely missing i think um but like a lot of them the, i think the method the method part of it i think was lee strasberg but i'm not sure and then meisner focused on different things um i did I don't know. I did. I don't want to say I did method or whatever because, in one of the classes, I had to do a monologue, a personal monologue, and I had to, and also just for different things. And I wanted to give it a go. So every day I journaled, as that person, mm. and I did what that person would do. And I wasn't. I wasn't like listening to that name. I still spoke to my mom and I still spoke to my friends as Byron, I guess. But like when I was journaling, it would be. It wouldn't be like him. It would be I. Mm. I'm doing mm. this, and then it was strange because when I did get on, and then. Um, the teacher started talking to me and then they they mentioned something and I was just, I was just different like during during repetitions I was just different I was more serious and 
it was, it was I was portraying someone like a person that was wrongly accused for killing his pregnant wife. And then as soon as they mentioned something about like a wife was, I started crying. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck? And then it started messing me up a little bit because I, I got it like very, like when, especially when I was by myself, it was a very dark place. I remember getting in my car one day and just driving. It was like one in the morning, I was just driving and I was just sitting there like, okay, look, this can't be it. And then um, I think you just have to control it, right? And I think when it comes to acting, I think that opened the door for me. It didn't, I, like, it's like I opened a door and went into this whole big world without a map, mm-hmm. whatever, but just trying that. And like, you know, just getting out of your comfort zone opens the door. Like, we don't really know what we're doing just yet. But as soon as we get more uncomfortable, as soon as we try new things, that's when we start getting more tools and we can navigate this land. Like, like after I did that, I felt like someone gave me a compass. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. to read the compass just yet. I don't have that knowledge, but I have a, I have a compass now in this new world of acting that I need to find out. I have a compass now. And I'm and the door's open and I'm here. I just need to learn how to read this and then I need to find out where I'm going and make sure I don't trip along the way. That that's how I look at it. Like it's it's a big journey. And I think if actors just look at acting like a craft, like a musician has to learn the guitar. You can't just get up on stage and play guitar after learning it for a couple months. You mm-hmm. can't do a gig. That's just not how it works. So I if I think if more people treated it like that, more people would enjoy acting and I think more people would think wouldn't think that um it's all about luck because it's not some of some people are lucky but for the most part i think 99 percent of actors are here like they say 99 percent of actors don't work but i think 85 percent of those actors leave after two years they stop after two years most mm-hmm. of the guys that stay for like five to ten years they make it put the work in 100 right? put your hours in man this is not a this is not a game <laughs> this is true yeah, yeah firm believer in paying your dues yeah man sure mm. yeah that's how that's how i ended up here on this chair right yeah man and then on sunday we watched game of thrones oh uh, yeah i don't Did know you know were you watching game of thrones during your during your uh marine adventures Have you, were you in it from the beginning yeah i was in it from the beginning for sure that was the only reason i, I had hbo oh. yeah that was literally the only reason i had it yeah, they're about to use a lot of money this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I executed that subscription right after. <laughs> executed Pub- 66. Yeah, it was a public execution after that. Um, I don't know. I wasn't too... How did you feel about it? Okay. So, if someone had given me the bullet points of, like, what happened... Like, I'm cool with the bullet point. I'm cool with what happened. Yeah. It's just, like, how it happened and how it was presented. Like, for being such a detailed and intricate show for so many years, then just kind of just, like, fly by the seat of your pants and just skirt over some things that in previous seasons would be, like, over-explained. Mm-hmm. Like, God, what? Just, like, okay, so the, the council where they're choosing the king, for example. Yeah. The North wants independence. Okay. Well, why the fuck does no one else want independence? There's two <laughs> other countries that for sure... Like the Iron Islands were promised independence, so why yeah. did they? She just sat there and said nothing. I'm okay, yeah. It's just like, just stuff like that, man. I don't, I don't. Uh, I don't see the point. It. I didn't see the point. So like, Jon Snow was Targaryen for no reason. Um, Bran was the Three Eyed Raven for no reason. Like, yeah, they, why was he Targaryen? I mean, if he's just gonna end up where he started off, like you're just gonna end up at the Night's Watch where you started off. Like why? Like unless if there was another series coming out, then I would then I would agree. 
mm. but like nothing was before. I think Arya didn't kill the person with green eyes that she was that was left. Jon Snow, Jon Snow ended up at the Night's Watch. He was Targaryen for no reason. And I would like to know how that went about. That he killed Daenerys. There's no body. There's no body, so there's no like proof. I guess did he just mm. walk out and say, "Listen, everyone, I just killed her. I need mm. to go to prison," or like, and no one vouched for Jon Snow as like uh, as king in the council, and like everyone was just cool. Yeah, or have a you know, why didn't Grey Worm like kill him on the spot? Yeah, like why would he think, oh, I'm gonna keep him prisoner and wait for the other people of Westeros who I don't care about to discuss this with him? Like, there's just a lot of logical leaps that didn't they didn't used to make you have to go through. I have no idea why he was Targaryen. What's the point? So he can go back to the Night's Watch. I mean, I guess the point is to make Danny go crazy with. With the paranoia, thinking that she's not the rightful ruler, um, I'm okay with how he ended up because you know he never wanted to be king to yeah. begin with. But uh, I mean, it doesn't make sense why he had to go up there. Like if North's independent, why do they have to, you know, adhere to? Like they could have been like, okay, John, come stay with us. Literally, Grey Worm sailed off like after exactly. after this thing happened. He and, was the only one who had an issue with it too. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know um and could you recommend that would you recommend the show to watch yeah it's anyone from the beginning now like knowing where it ends up like it's something i wrestle with thinking about it's like um it's like if for your birthday for six years in a row you got like ice cream cake from like baskin robbins and then the last two i i liked season seven okay so last year this season you get just a cake from uh the grocery store it just felt rushed it felt rushed it didn't feel like a it, it it looked like the people that wrote the first like seven didn't write the final one, the mm. final episode or the final like um season. It looked like it was just thrown together. Why does it have to be so short? I get the actors have schedules. I get that. But why does it have to be, what is it? Six episodes? Mm-hmm. You could have, if you did, and you, if you did like, like two more episodes, you could have made that so much more, like you could have made that so much better. And they were offered. They were, they were, HBO tried to throw money at them to get them to do more. I think it did yeah. have a lot to do with the schedules of the actors, too. I think Amelia Clark and all of them are busy, I'm assuming. Well, they're also doing Star Wars, too. They're yeah, yeah. A big star. I like Star Wars, but I'm not as big a fan. I'm sure you're still a good person. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's probably, yeah my fa- I haven't spoken to my family in like 10 years because of it, so thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I got extra, I got uh, isolated from my family because I don't watch Star Wars. Well, you know, shit happens, man. You should get on the wars. Yeah, I think so. I think it's time to start making some friends. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm. I I just didn't feel a, a whole lot Fulfilled. coming out of coming out of that. Oh, they empty, man. I think they 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 broke my heart. And by contrast, like Avengers Endgame, it's probably like I I left that movie with like my heart racing like. Can't believe I just saw that. Yeah, tied up so many stories. Um, everyone. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, in yeah. case. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I mean, it's been it's been almost a week. Yeah. And you know, you read the internet, I'm sure. Yeah, of course. Um. But yeah, like that. That is like the gold standard for me of like time because that's 22 movies, which is basically you know it's it's comparable to eight seasons of television. So. They did it right, man. They took every story thread that she that was 
memorable in any way and, and put a cap on it somehow or opened up something else. Like nothing was left. No stone was left unturned. And then I don't, I can't imagine the writers of Game of Thrones, their mindset. They couldn't have been happy. They, left. they could not have been happy. They couldn't have looked at this and be like, you know what, everyone, I think, because you're never going to make everyone happy. Mm-hmm. But they, they couldn't have looked at this and said, you know what, this is going to make most people happy. The fact that Jon Snow, this Targaryen, um, and he doesn't do, do much, I guess. He was kind of a pussy the whole time. And um, Daenerys... I mean, I get that she got killed for that, but I don't know. I, I was, I was, it just felt like another episode. Whereas when I watched Endgame, it didn't feel like a movie. It felt like a spectacle. It felt like, felt like I was going to like a theme park instead of like going to a movie theater. Mm-hmm. It was like, this is going to be one epic event. And it was, and it was epic. I like what they did. I had an issue with the fact that Sam got the, the shield at first. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, you know what? Bucky is still a fugitive. I guess he can still be controlled his mind so that does make sense that he's not getting it um but besides that i had a really good did you hear the fan theory about steve rogers though uh which one that he didn't actually marry peggy Uh, because he he didn't say because he said you want to talk but i said no i think Mm -hmm. i'll keep it to myself because one of the fan theories is that he went back and because he's too good a guy peggy got married Mm -hmm. like when he wasn't there so he didn't want to he didn't want to ruin her life and take away from her husband at the time so he went back in time and the person he actually married was natasha and they Ooh. yeah and then they her him and uh, black widow lived there out their lives and he just he got to see peggy again but he didn't want to ruin her her he didn't want to ruin her her marriage at the time because he's too good a person mm-hmm. and he, he thought that would be selfish but he, he just ended up having a laugh with natasha instead right i mean yeah that, that's the funny thing but like he has he's all about future knowledge like he could it's like think about going back in like high school now, like knowing everything that you know, like even about the girls that you went to high school with, and you could fucking woo anybody. Yeah, yeah. You had the pick of the litter for sure. Have you seen those memes that they've been coming out with? with Steve like, Rogers. Yeah, like uh, Peggy's like uh, Steve. The grandkids met uh Jared from Subway. I think he's in the back. He's in the kitchen. Yeah. I think he's teaching them how to make sandwiches. And this is the picture of him going. <laughs> yeah, there's there was the one where he's like um. Oh, did you hear? Uh, I don't know what it was, but did you hear about like JFK or did you hear about this? What happened? And then Steve's like, Can you pass the salad, please? And he's just, <laughs> he's just totally like nonchalant about it. Have you heard about this Google? It's like, Can you pass the salad, please? <laughs> I would watch a whole show of, of Steve. Like, he was the best. Yeah, fighting uh, or taking, um, stopping, changing historical events. That'll be a good movie, too. It'll be a really good movie. Yeah. Are you uh so you're probably pretty are you a big Marvel fan? Would you Yeah, I would say I don't read the comics though. I don't uh, I don't read the Same. comics, but I've watched every movie. And like I've been pretty meticulous with it, like with Easter eggs, I guess, and stuff. And I follow like a a YouTube thing that's um shout out Jaybird. Um I follow a YouTube thing that helps um that helps explain like a lot of the stuff. So mm. I watch that a lot too. And they show the Easter eggs and stuff. You know about the the Disney Plus shows coming out? I heard, yeah, the Falcon and uh and uh, Winter Soldier one, and then and also a few others. Loki, Loki the show. I don't know Loki is. Yeah, uh, yeah, he he was actually the first show announced, oh, and wow. I'm wondering if uh that little scene in Endgame where he takes the the Tesseract and poops away, if they're gonna use that as a jumping uh, off point for this series because they they describe it as like Loki's travels throughout history. Okay. Um, 
but I don't I don't know. That'd also be in a separate timeline from everything else. So I don't that would seem weird. But I'm super excited about that. Uh, fucking Disney Plus, what an amazing thing that they're gonna throw movie budgets at TV shows. That's wild. And That's get wild. all these actors back to do this stuff. Like, ah, and there's so much content coming out. Like, dude, we can get we the chances of us getting into some of these things are just astronomical now. Way higher yeah. than they could have ever been. It just proves how uh, DC are not doing it right. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is me off so much, man. They, I do you know what I said. I think DC should just work on the villains. Like Marvel worked on the heroes mm. the whole time. They kind of did like some like one main villain. Mm-hmm. I think DC should just focus on the Joker, Penguin. Riddler, all of these like they have like the best villains. They do like, have some amazing villains. Like you could do, dude, you could do like a, a trilogy with the Joker, like which Joaquin Phoenix. Shout out Joaquin Phoenix is gonna um, I think be great. That movie looks dope. This is that was pretty scary when he's laughing in the comedy club. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I kind of had to like take a breather. Yeah, you get the laugh down really good. It's it's um it's unnerving. Dude, I liked I liked Jared Leto's one though, like two, and it's just people give like Ben Affleck and Jared Leto shit for the movies, but they didn't get a fair shot. Mm, I of, agree. Of course, you didn't like his Joker or his Batman because he got half of a movie, he got like twenty minutes in Suicide Squad, and Ben Ben Affleck jumped right into Batman versus Superman. No development, didn't get to know the character, didn't get to know the person. Like if you judge, if you judge like characters that from their first movie, so like their third movie as a get exponentially better mm. and i mean i Iron just man won the end game that oh character God. arc is ginormous man and it's just i don't know it's it sucks when like you see like people like oh jared leto's joker was shit it's like it's like i mean he got like 20 minutes i know i would love to see all the stuff that they left on the cutting cutting room floor with him man he's um, such a good actor too sure is and i will make a controversial statement ben affleck is my favorite bat really yeah i'm oh, a man. huge fan of the ultimate director's cut of Batman vs Superman. Okay, have you seen uh, that? I haven't seen the ultimate one. No. It's half hour longer. Okay. Um, thing like I in to uh qualify this, I think the theatrical version was shit. I I came out of that movie thinking like, oh my god, this was terrible. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I just saw that. Watch the ultimate cut. It just it just adds so much more nuance to it. There's uh and things like important plot points are explained a lot better in it yeah um superman goes over clark kent goes over to gotham and on like a, a reporting adventure and learns about that oh really and, and like yeah what and they do like some this some homeless man who alludes like oh well these batman's gotten a lot meaner in the past few years huh. so it's just like <laughs> it just adds a lot more nuance to it i mean you obviously can't fix jesse eisenberg um <laughs> but uh i don't know I, so I, shit. I dug it a lot i uh i think his bruce wayne is charming as fuck he's uh and he's physically the most imposing batman ever six six four fucking yeah ginormous now i'm not talking about justice league fat man yeah, yeah, yeah. about big vs did you watch um smallville growing up i did not what i do know the song though somebody save me dude smallville was my life growing up as a kid really? That Lex Luthor was spot on. Rosenbaum, man. Oh, man. He, it was just so... I, I loved it. And he finally puts on the cape. Spoiler alert. At the end of the mm-hmm. thing. He doesn't fly the entire time until the final mm-hmm. episode of like the 10th season of like... And each season is like 15, 20 episodes or something. So they really dragged it out and you, you got to know everyone. And man, that was just... An, it was just epic. It was epic. 
but yeah, Lex Luthor and um Batman versus Superman. J- Jesse Eisenhower was a phenomenal actor, but I did not enjoy that portrayal. He's <laughs> very kooky. He didn't very seem intimidating kooky. at all. Just seemed like yeah, quirky. I guess. Yeah, um, and that's a whole like that entire series is a big what if. Like, what if the studio had just let like this original vision play out, like with the justice league part one and part two you know with dark side as the main villain mm-hmm. um maybe you, you know you know anything about like the snyder cut of justice league and Mm-mm. how that was meddled with in no. the studio because uh the, you know, the studio basically pushed zach off the movie joss whedon comes in they mandate the movie to be no longer than two hours they do a heap of reshoots that's how that's why uh affleck has like 30 pounds in between some shots like oh really he's also going through like divorce and like oh uh, gotcha yeah uh, alcoholism problems i guess and also the reaction to bvs wasn't great so didn't give it his all yeah but uh yeah like there was so much not uh not explored in justice league that was set up in you know batman or superman like the fucking uh bruce's nightmare his dream you know, with like the, the world turning into apocalypse, the Flash coming and warning him. Like there was gonna be so there's supposed to be so much more to that, um, and it was just chopped up, chopped up and thrown out. Yeah, I'd, I don't know. The DC just it's just so disappointing, man. Is that I don't know where they are. Like they they're doing this Birds of Prey now too. Mm-hmm. I I just don't know what they're doing. Like Some Marvel yoga classes in that movie. Oh really? Shout out to your yoga class. <laughs> Shout out to Dana. Oh, Can't wait to see you, bro. It's just, I don't know. It's like Marvel had this chronological thing going on and it was easy for people to keep up with. And now we're going to get another Joker. Mm. We have another Batman. I think it's, what what is his name again? Rob Patterson, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, Going to have another Batman. I wouldn't be surprised if other things change because they're going to change Superman sh- soon too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Flash is going to change too because he doesn't... I, they, he, they didn't want his script. They wanted another script, I think. So he's going to change. Yeah, I read that he's actually... He was writing his own version of the script. Yeah. Uh, Ezra Miller with a previous Flash writer, Grant Morrison. Because he wasn't liking what was going on. Yeah, because I think he wanted to get a... I, I'm not sure. I watched the interview, but I think he wanted to do like a whole universe around it, which is perfect because the Flash is a universe. Like, and you watch a TV show? Uh, I watched the first like two seasons and then... I it felt a little bit redundant, mm. a little bit like the same. Fell off too. It's the same with Arrow, bro. It's like mm. every season, all I like. I watched the first like three, four seasons, and every season, it's like I got to be a different person now. I have to be someone else. But I'll still use the same one. Yeah, exactly. But I'll just be the uh, after after what happened. The public can't see me as who I am. I need to be someone else. I need to be something else. And then I see him in the same costume, and it's like, now you're the Green Arrow. Now you're not Arrow. It's like, oh shit. They must be so confused in that city. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, bro? But it's doing well. So, I mean, Stephen Mel isn't great. He's a good arrow, too. So, I mean, I think it's a Stephen Mel. He's a good actor, also. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't I really follow off the, those, I think it's CV shows or whatever. I, C- CW. CW, yeah. CW. I really, I just follow off. It's too much for me, man. They just th- they threw Lord League of Legends or something like Heroes of the Past. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They threw Jack. It threw, it's like they just. Too- yeah, it's like they just dumped everything on me. It's like, oh <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Well, in contrast to the movies, they are doing they're doing a shared universe, right? I would yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. And that first season of Flash, man, I cry every time. I cry just thinking about it. Just like 
when he goes back to save his he saves his mom. I remember that vividly. But too. then he has yeah. to go back and unsave his mom. So he has to stop himself from <sighs> Yeah. And watch it lays there, his mom's dying and she's like Spoiler hey. alert. <laughs> <laughs> We're spoiling stuff today. Ten years, yeah. Um yeah, just the idea that you know, oh, mom, you have to die. I'm sorry, I love you. And she's like, I'm proud of you. Well, that's beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, yeah, but uh, to back to your point of uh, what you know, Marvel does best. I think they just Kevin Feige said, you know, they just fo- they really focus on making just one good movie at a time. That's it. Yeah. DC tried <clears throat> to like ramp up this whole. Hey, we got this stuff. Go throw in all this. <laughs> random stuff here's batman and superman and doomsday and lex luthor and wonder woman yeah yeah, yeah. here's a, a bucket load of here's justice league one and two or whatever and yeah. here's this oh by the way aquaman you're getting your, you're getting your next movie too by the way wonder woman was great though i do yeah that's the one the one i can i yeah that's awesome it's good it's great from start to finish except you know the the uh, third act gets a little wonky but then it's a, it becomes just a you know standard like Zack snyder right gal gadot is a goddess she is yeah quite a sexy lady we gotta look back on this after like we've been when we get more well known i guess in like 10 20 years mm-hmm. we gotta look back at this podcast <laughs> exactly that's, yeah. that's one of the uh main reasons why uh, like i started doing this is just like a monitor it's like a time capsule in, i guess in a way. yeah um and you know you can come back on and be be a guest in the future yeah man continue continue building you know i don't know show this to your kids someday yeah yeah that's a good idea. I, I like I like that it's going down this route, route, route. I guess I get confused with the accent sometimes. Yeah, um, English makes no sense, dude. I don't. I have. I have no idea. Like I'll be talking and then I'll be talking, and it'll oh. it'll just it'll just change. Like especially when I'm like talking to someone and then it's like, oh, I'm going here today. And they'll say what? It's like I'm going over here today. Like oh, okay. Now I know. I remember I was talking to one of my um. What did I say to him? I said, um, uh, I'm gonna take. I think, um, I'm, I'm. I said I'm gonna pass because I'm gonna go to the castle today, because he asked me to do something, and I was like, oh, listen, I'm gonna pass on that and go to the castle because there was a castle in um in in um Georgia. Yeah, and I he was like, could say I'm not hanging out, bro. I gotta go to the castle. Yeah, it was I pretty cool. Had, I never had that option in my life. But he didn't hear me though. Like I said, I'm gonna pass. I'll just go to the castle. And he said, what? Said, I'm gonna pause. I'm just gonna go to the castle. <laughs> he says he's like I don't know what the fuck you're saying. I said I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna go to the castle. It's like thank you English. Leave. <laughs> and I was I was like yeah that makes more more sense more sense. Yeah. How do you feel? Okay. So like from an actor's standpoint, like you know we're all worried about how to present ourselves. Like what is yeah. who we are. Like do you, does the accent ever trip you up? You ever think like oh shit maybe I shouldn't try to do the accent like do you go into auditions mm. with the accent i try to put it it depends it, it does depend um i use it to my advantage sometimes it's because it shows versatility like i had to send in a mm. uh i had to send in a um uh, like a self-made audition tape i had to send yeah. an audition tape and it was for like a southern thing and then uh, i did like a southern accent i'm not gonna do it now but i did like a southern accent for the first half mm. and then halfway through i stopped I was like, that's not actually me. And then I started talking my own accent. Mm. And then I, I, I was hoping that would get attention. Mm. And it would be like, oh, shit, this guy. I thought he was Southern. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if he can do that, that's 
pretty good. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like audition, I try to tell them I'm like, I try to tell them I have an accent. Um, depends on like if, well, I, I just was an extra on a, on a film that's coming out, hopefully end of the year, next year. If they had asked me to say anything, because I was like a security officer at a, at a school. If they had asked me to say anything, then I definitely would not have been South African. And they mm. wouldn't they wouldn't have known because there would be no it just wouldn't be like it wouldn't like flow, you know what I mean? Like why is there a South African security guard at an American school? Yeah. It would just change things. So if they did ask me to say anything, I'll just say, Yeah, sure, let's go. It's more it's more the O's. The O's are my favorite. Like it was like, um, what's my favorite phrase? It's like keep your hands out your get your hands out of your pocket. It's like get your hands out of your pocket. Yeah. It's my favorite. I loved it. <laughs> that kind of makes me want to change up a little bit. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll start throwing some accents in when they don't even ask for it. Why not, man? I mean, it's just it's different, you know. I mean, and it's easy for me too because a I've lived around Americans my whole adult life so far. Um, mm. But and so I can pick up on it pretty easily, and obviously the South African inherent um, accent is just inherent to where I grew up. So it's mm. quite nice, yeah. Let me throw a huge question at you that's totally out of the blue. Um, how would you compare racial tensions in America to South <laughs> South Africa? Oh god, this podcast is just gonna get <laughs> it's gonna get me in so much trouble. <laughs> oh god. Something just popped in my head. I, that is I'm curious. I'm gonna get my sail and just navigate these waters really really good. Um right, we got the compass right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we don't know how to read it yet. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. spinning like Jack's. Exactly. Like, yeah, what do you want? Right I now? don't know what I want to do. Um fuck. Um okay. Um again, I can't speak for South Africa right now. Yes. Because we, we know you're a white male, you're straight. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, you're also a human being and you live for sure. things and you know how people interact and for sure. No, speaking Thank you. A bit of a bad person, yeah. But I mean, speaking from my own experiences and mm-hmm. also the fact that I have not lived in South Africa in, I'm 25 now, so in about seven to eight years, I have not lived in South Africa. Mm-hmm. So, growing up, um, I don't know, man. There was always tension. There was always a little bit of tension. It wasn't our fault, though, because it was our parents' and our grandparents' fault. And I, it, it was just weird, you know what I mean? Because there was still mm-hmm. some racial tension, like, um, with the quote, I think it's called the quota system where people where like certain colors would get preferenced for different like sporting events for different like teams and this and that, which kind of sucked because you the, to the, be on teams or the, to, to be work? on teams, yeah, to oh. be on teams. Like if we needed like ten white people, if we needed like six black people on the team, uh-huh. certain thing, and it just it, I don't know, it was just it was always there up in the air. Like when we like we're at high school, it was always there. It's like oh, well, he just made the team because of this, and it's it was just horrible. I didn't I didn't like it at all. Mm. Um. We kind of had that here a little bit. Yeah. Affirmative, affirmative, affirmative action. action yeah, it, yeah, that's actually what it's called, I think, over there too. Um, but like, so in, like now, I guess like a lot of my white friends are struggling to find jobs because um, it's difficult as a South African. That's why a lot of South Africans actually leave and go to Australia or London or England or America if they can, or New Zealand. Um, in America, it's 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 a lot more, again, I, I don't know how it is in SA right now, but it's mm-hmm. a lot more vocal in America. Like, um, I don't know. Must like we're all the same people, man. It's just there right. was. I don't know. There's a big change in South Africa apparently going on now. I don't know for sure. Um, but I think I think everyone's in, heading in the right direction. I think as long as people don't don't use the 
I, I think if people use the past, the past for the right reason and you change in the right way, instead of using it as not an excuse, using it as a weapon, mm. as long as people aren't using what happened in the past for as a weapon and as an insult or as uh, that's the word I'm like justification. As long as you're not using what happened in the past for justification, then I think we're on the right, the right path. And I, yeah, that's, that's, that's my say in it. I think it just, just whatever happened there was not our fault or not just white people, but everyone our fault. Um, so just, yeah, man, I, 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 I don't know. It's a, again, I'm not an expert on the subject and what I say is just from what I think my yeah, personal experience, but it's a, yeah, man. Yearly. Everyone love everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, the, um, is there like a, I don't know. You want me to move on? Yeah. I, I, I you can keep going. Yeah. Man. It's, I mean, I, I've, I've got my sail up so I can navigate. So like systematically, like we have systematic racism here. Um, the uh, prison system, overwhelmingly African-American. Is mm-hmm. that, is that similar there? Similar, dissimilar? Um, it seems like you're more, you're far more likely to be imprisoned for something minor if you're if you're black, still today mm. in America than than if you were white, um, or pulled over, or I don't know, just generally harassed. Like, mm. um, do you have like police? cops are racist type type deal and i'm not saying cops are racist like there are racist cops but cops aren't racist Um, yeah i'm gonna be the worst guest and just say i don't know you know i just don't that's okay see some people are afraid to say i don't know yeah it's a i mean i I don't you know i i find it difficult to not voice opinions i can voice an opinion based on experience Mm. but um i try to be very careful because i always make a like a um uh thing before saying i don't know what i'm talking about it's just an opinion like i don't i don't know about south african cops i don't mm. know about american cops so i don't watch the news and anything negative in my life i kind of anything negative i just kind of push it away and i don't i don't respond to it man i don't mm. like i got cut off on the way here and i got because uh, like, i was going too slow because i was making a turn i got cut off on the way here and I felt myself getting mad and I just smiled and I was like, you know what? I'm I gonna kill them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know what they I don't know what they're going through, you know. I, I mean they might their wife might be pregnant, or they like I mean they might have had a shit day, or they might be on the way to the hospital, they might be starving and they want to get food, or they might need to pee, or they might need to sign their lease to their apartment that they're not gonna make it in time because they were looking after their grandmother who's in hospital, and you just don't know what's going on with someone, mm. you know. But if I see you on your phone and you cut me off, then then I'd know I should be mad. I won't but be mad. Someone but could be dying. Someone, I guess, yeah. I mean, like fair, fair play. Like, I mean, you, I mean, they could be texting their mother because this might be the last time they talk to them or something. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what's going on with people, but I mean, I try, I try not let, I try not let other people's actions influence me unless I'm on stage or in front of a camera. I don't, I don't like giving people control hmm. over how I feel. Um, so, um, is... Yeah, I don't know about South African cops. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is a, uh, I think that's a great sentiment to go out on. What do you think? Hundred percent, brother. Peace and love. Yeah, thank you for having me on. We got the, the little advertisement. We got the Park Place coming up this this Friday. Open yeah. up. Uh, uh, how are they going? Just just 
Just this weekend? Uh, this for the next three, four weeks. I think it's four weeks. Friday, Friday and Saturday nights. I think mm. uh, Actors Workout Studio, Lancashire Boulevard, Park Place. Come watch, please. Yeah. <laughs> if you're an actor looking to oh, learn yeah. some shit, um, it is truly like a gym for actors. Like you go in and shore up your your craft, man. Um, play, and I don't know. Enjoy personally, yourself, I've yeah. learned so much. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think we're on the we're on the right path, and hopefully, these gold mics will turn into platinum mics in the next Ooh, few years. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll have to use uh, ankle weights to keep them. <laughs> Keep the level even, anymore. I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> oh yeah, we're we're balling on a budget here. And I won't have a ten dollar haircut. Um, yeah, where the guy messed it up. That really pissed me off. I know you want to go off, but that really pissed me off. Uh, I don't remember the barber, but don't mm-hmm. don't go there. <laughs> yeah, you get what you pay for. Bro. Right? Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. It was right before headshots too. So I was, but I don't know what he's going through. Yeah, you know, I know, man. Yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe he had a bad day, but he. He fucked up my hair. <laughs> so, fuck that guy. You had a bad bit. Exactly, yeah. Well, it was a pleasure being on, though, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, bro. Come back. 100%, bro. Till next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.